Storywise Would End, Season 3, Episode 6. Welcome to Storywise Would End. True stories told live in Would End in the Macedon Ranges, 70 kilometres north of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Welcome back to Storywise Would End or to any new listeners. Welcome. Welcome. My name's Kate Lawrence and you're listening to stories that have been told live. Today's stories come from a storytelling night that was held in Wood End in July 2016. Uh, and these stories um, are the ones we're hearing today, although it's only one story in this episode. But now we'll hear a series of probably six or seven stories, I think, will come from this episode. And it's one of my, or this evening, it's one of my favourite, favourite ever themes on Storywise Wood End because the theme was place and it brought forth some really wonderful, wonderful stories. Uh, I'll read to you the description uh, of the the theme. Uh, prepare a story where place is a character or where things are out of place, where you or someone didn't know their place. Maybe there wasn't a place at the table. You came last or first place. You couldn't place the name or the face the first time you went to his or her place. Um. Mostly people kept to the notion of place as country, as land, as a place on this earth, which is probably why I love the theme so much because um, I really love stories about place and I think that when we really turn our minds to place and think about things that happen in place, we connect ourselves to the earth a bit more. So the story we have today is from Russell Yardley. Uh, I think this is the second story that we've had of his on um, Storywise Wood End podcast. And you, this particular episode is being released on the 2nd of June, which is the actual day of Storywise Wood End. Uh, so if you listen to this on the day, chances are pretty slim. But if you do and it's the 2nd of June and you've got nothing to do on a Friday night and you live in Victoria... Come to Woodend because uh, we'll be having another one of these nights and the theme for the second is light and dark. The other thing to mention is that we now have a StoryWise Woodend Facebook group uh, which you can find under that name and if you're a listener or an attender or you want to connect with other people who listen to the podcast who, who love stories then uh, I'd love you to jump on and join that Facebook group. Without more from me, here's Russell's story. I'm Kate Lawrence and you're listening to Storywise Would End. Yeah, last uh, Tuesday week ago, um, I had to go down to Warrigal uh, for a business meeting and um, I thought, gee, this is something I really look forward to because... Uh, uh, I first went to Warrigal in 1959, and uh, so I drove down, and we, because of the freeway, you, you go past Warrigal, you just drive down the freeway, 
So I hadn't actually been there for, I think, probably 20 years. And so I, and I didn't realise that the freeway was now right from here, the Calder Highway, right through Melbourne, right through to Warragul. And so I arrived 20 minutes early, so I got in the car, well, drove the car up around the primary school. And, and one of the things I realised was that the town was much smaller. The hills were, were a lot lower than what they were when I was a four or five year old. <laughs> and so I had my business meeting and I thought, gee, before I drive back to Woodenda, I'll head out to Allenbank where we actually grew up. So I drove out about eight kilometres out of Warrigal and uh, came over the hill and you know, saw the, that the house that I'd grown up in was, had been replaced. There was a much more palatial, we lived in a tiny little wooden shack. And um, so I drove up around to where the football oval was and drove around and you could see the tennis court where I learned to play tennis and came back and driving around to go, go back to Warrigal and, and past the footy oval and I could hear the sound of the community as we used to race at our picnic race day. And I loved the race, I was a good, good runner and used to get you know, a shilling for first because I'm a little older than Sue, so <laughs> we didn't have decimal currency then. And you get sixpence for... <laughs> you get sixpence for, uh, for second and, and threepence for, for third, you know. And um, as I drove out, I could see down through the valley and one of the things that struck me was how green it was because in April and May we've had quite a bit of rain and, and a bit of heat. And so that, but I, I'd forgotten just how green it was. And I stopped the car and got out and, you know, the, uh, all the Frisian cows see you and they sort of come over to have a sticky beak and you could smell, you know, the cattle. And I could really, you know, remember what this community was like. And I was looking down over the valley and uh, uh, I could see um, where the road was, where, you know, the travelling salesmen would come with their, you know, women's clothes and suits and park in front of our place and sleep the night and, and then move on to the next town. And, um, you know, I could see where I used to take my ferrets and, and hunt for rabbits. And, you know, it was just the place that I'd grown up. And I was standing looking, uh, as we lived on the corner of South Road and Bull Swamp Road, and uh, see the bridge. And I suddenly remembered uh, one night after dinner, there was this unholy smash and, uh, you know, we raced out. You could see that a car had flipped over and was in the creek, upside down. And we all run down, and um, I was probably seven, eight years of age. And um, this girl climbs out, she was crying, and there was another couple of guys there, and all she could, all she was really worried about was she'd lost her ring. And when we had helped them back up to the house, you know, they are all wet and, you know, had to dry off their clothes. And what had happened was that as they'd come down this hill that I'm now standing on top of, um, they'd come down, uh, she was actually showing her engagement ring. And she dropped it. And the driver of the car leant over to pick up the ring <laughs> and, of course, pulled the wheel <laughs> and drove into the creek. And um, anyway, the, the, ne- the next day they their friends came and picked them up and they went back to Melbourne and um, the, 
the farmer next door got his tractor and took the car out and, and that was there for, for a few days. Um, but my sister and I we went down on the Sunday and we were looking, where's this ring? And we found the case of the ring. And my sister, after a while, said, here it is. And she'd actually found this engagement ring in, in the mud beside this little creek. And I remember... I think it was probably the following weekend, they came and they were very, very thankful because Mum had rung them and they got the ring. And you could see the generosity of, of the welcoming of, of, of country people looking after people in trouble. But that's not always how it is in the country because that's so, those same attributes uh, were exhibited a few years later when we were playing in the barn and uh, we heard this shot and it was during the drought in 65, 66. It was a, quite a big drought. And uh, city kids thought it was real fun to come down and shoot holes in you know, water tanks. And so this had happened a few times, and I remember hearing it at church, but I didn't think about that at the time. But I did see our cat had been shot, and I jumped out of the barn and picked up the cat, and I'd walked around the, the water tank, and the, there was, the cat was bleeding and uh, my mother who'd had polio just after the war because this is sort of 1962-63 sort of time frame and um, she had polio just after the war and so she wasn't very mobile and she was washing this, the dishes at the sink looking out and she could see these these kids on the, <coughs> on the bridge sh- shoot and then she saw me come around with a blood and a cat <coughs> in front of me she was obviously devastated that had I been shot. And um, anyway, she, she then rang... And we used to have these party phone lines, you know, where you had the whole group of people were on the, on the phone. <clears throat> and so very quickly she'd rung and said what had happened. And we live on Bull Swamp Road, and so for they, these kids jumped in their car and, and raced down Bull Swamp Road. And the Smithers brothers were down pretty quick and they realised what had happened and they parked their ute and, the tra- and there was a tractor there. I don't know where the tractor came from, but the, there was a tractor and, the, and a ute and, a, and a, a, a Land Rover and blocking the Bull Swamp Road because Bull Swamp Road's called Bull Swamp Road for very good reasons and there's no way out. <laughs> so they'd headed off down Bull Swamp Road and, of course, eventually realised they had to come back and we were up in the paddock and watching and, you know, there's these two big Smithers brothers. And, of course, in those days, Utes always had guns in them, right? So here's your, these young, you know, I don't know, 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds. And, of course, they got out of their car and you sort of think, they've got a gun, they've got a gun, what's going to go on? And um, the city guys, I suppose the, the country guys knew something that was that they was trying to shoot a water tank and they hit a cat on the ground. <laughs> so I think they were pretty confident that they could handle guns a bit better than these city slickers. And, um, of course, the Smithers brothers walked around the car and then it was just sort of bang, 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 bang. Here's this car with four flat tyres. And they sort of screamed and there was a bit of fighting and, and whatever... <clears throat> and, but I remember them just walking, you know, through up South Road to go to Warrigal. 
And of course, in those days, you just stick your thumb out and you get a, get a lift. Those guys had to walk all the way to Warrigal because country folk were able to tell everybody, don't pick these people up. And their car, of course, was left there because they couldn't buy tyres in Warrigal because they were all sold out. <laughs> so they did come back to collect their car and it wasn't just the flat tyres of their car that was there to greet them. So I'm standing there on the top of this hill thinking and these memories have come flooding back to me about this community of both the great things about it but how tough a community can be when you're standing and you can feel your boots on the ground you can smell the aromas of cattle and you know the grass and that's land that's us that's our place in the world thank you Thanks for listening to StoryWise Would End. If you want to know more about StoryWise or me, Kate Lawrence, then head over to storywise.com.au. And remember, your stories matter 